All right, First Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to wear this out. Not going to just pound and pound on this, but we, there's still this message that we need to talk about concerning spiritual gifts. <clears throat> there's a lot more we could, but uh, just so we understand about spiritual gifts, because the first verse of the chapter there says, uh, you know, not being ignorant. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not, that, I would not have you ignorant. That's an ugly word, isn't it? Somebody calls you ignorant. That sounds pretty strong and ugly. But but there's a lot of people that are ignorant. And we've all been ignorant. And we're all still ignorant in some things. We might as well admit it. There's hope for us if we'll just admit it. It's no shame. I've said this before. There's no shame in being ignorant. The shame is in just staying that way on purpose. Yeah. All right. Let's read verse 11. I'll read some more as we go along, but we'll start there. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So, again, I'm going to try to hurry. You never know when the voice is going to run out. Let's do a quick review about what spiritual gifts are. All spiritual gifts are for the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Number one. Spiritual gifts are what God uses through a person, a person's life, to edify and encourage other Christians. That's what God uses. Spiritual gifts. Working in all of us. All the members. Now... Spiritual gifts are not the empowerment of a person, but the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Y'all, and I'm not going to elaborate on this, but surely y'all know when you look around at the modern churches that they don't practice that. Spiritual gifts are considered a power that's bestowed upon a person to do things. No, it's the Spirit working not me working. It's the Spirit working. Spiritual gifts are all for the manifestation of the Spirit of God, not for the glorification of a person. They're never for to glorify a person or draw people to a person, but to God Himself. If it doesn't do that, something is right. It's not a spiritual gift or, or something's not right. Some other spirit is working. Reckon that could be possible? (laughs) You better believe it is. Not only possible, but it's very likely. Not really many other choices. Either the spirit of God's working or some other spirit is working. These things, these are things that we got to keep in mind as we read these scriptures on this matter. Because it talks about healing and tongues and all of these things that everybody are so is everybody's so off the rails on. None of those things are for uh, to glorify people. They're not to show off. They're not magic shows or uh, you know manifestations of the supernatural. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that it is the supernatural. It's the devil doing a lot of that stuff. I've been in churches where that stuff went on. <clears throat> Me and you went to that deal <coughs> down in Mexico that time, and buddy, there were some evil spirits there, and it was not hard to discern. If you had any of the Spirit of God in you, you knew this wasn't God. But they professed that it was God. Somebody's wrong. Spiritual gifts glorify God. Spiritual gifts bring the attention to God. It's a manifestation of the Spirit of God. So you look to God, not to each other, and say, Wow, wish I could do that. Wish I had that gift. Wish I had that power. Remember the one that was following Paul and them? And and he, he offered them money if they'd give him that power. <coughs> Paul said, you're in the gall of bitterness and 
and in your sin, I mean, he called him, uh, he said, you're lost as a goose in our language, what he said. You need to repent and trust God and turn away from your wickedness. Spiritual gifts are all of one spirit. That is the spirit of God. Not many different spirits in verse 13. Let me read that. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Uh, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bound or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So it's one spirit. <coughs> all spiritual gifts are associated, the result, the work of, the manifestation of one spirit, the spirit of God. Not any others. There's not diversity of spirits. There's a diversity of spiritual gifts. And the operation and the administration, but not a difference of spirits. One spirit, one body, many members. And that's what we're going to talk about here, the members. The spiritual gifts and the members. One spirit, but different manifestations, different operations, different administrations. Verses 4 through 6. <coughs> now, spiritual gifts in the church are like the members of our body. Now listen to me. We're going to read some more verses. Chapter 12, verse 12 through 14. Now I'm saying to you that spiritual gifts in the church are just like the members in our body. We have a disconnect here. He starts talking about the members of the body and we just move over into another realm and we think that in a different way than we ought to think. Hope we can get this across. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized in one body, whether we be Jews, we just read that, or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Your body, my body, this physical body, is not one member. But many. We got a brain, we got a heart, got lungs, kidneys, we got all hands, feet, eyes, ears. Yeah. A tongue. Each member has a purpose and a place in the body. Y'all got any members you just wouldn't care if you got rid of? No. You you want everything to stay in its place. You know, they say they said years ago in school, they said, you, you don't really need your appendix. Well, what's it there for? They say, it's something like a tail on a monkey, you know, like we used to have a tail, but it fell off, and then we don't have a tail anymore. And didn't need it anyway. Quit climbing trees. What a bunch of fantasy. Same way with your appendix. I just don't believe I want them to cut it out of me unless it's all messed up and has to go out. Uh, you know? That's right. yes, sir. But I sure don't want to lose a hand or an eye or a leg or a foot or one of my lungs or part of my stomach or all of my stomach. I don't want to lose none of that stuff. I want to keep it. Well, that's the way we ought to feel about church, too. That's the way we ought to feel about the body of Christ. Every member is important. <coughs> Indispensable. All members are different and have different functions in our body. Same way in the church. But in order for the body to do well and survive, let alone prosper and be fruitful, all the members must abide in their calling, stay where they belong, and do what God enables them to do. Now, your arm can't be alone. Nothing can replace anything. You need everything that's there the way God put it there. So, nothing is throwaway. Nothing is unnecessary. So, we need to keep everything. Alright, spiritual gifts in the church are like the members in our body. We need all of the gifts that the Bible mentions and all the, the, the many more that the, that's not even mentioned here. Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Spirit of God and it's for the edification of the body. And it's for all the other members. It's to keep the whole thing going and living, living and, and able to 
you know, have vitality and move and go and do instead of being dead. We've all heard of dead churches, haven't we? <coughs> Been there. Been in some of them. Well, something happened there. We'll talk about it a little bit later here. But First Corinthians chapter 12, let's read verses 14 through 18. <clears throat> For the body is not one member, but many. He just keeps repeating these things. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. If I can't be a hand, I'm out of here. You know, if I can't teach Sunday school, I quit. You know, if I ain't going to let me do what somebody else, I'll just quit. That's what he's saying there. It's what it's referring to. <laughs> so, because I'm not the, not the hand, I'm not of the body. I'm out. Is it therefore not of the body? <laughs> well, of course not. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? <clears throat> but now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. <clears throat> Christians are individuals. They're not cookie cutter. Uh, <clears throat> what a... There it is. They're not cut. They're not cookie cutter copies, and all the same, and from the cut from the same mold. We're all different. We're individuals with individual personalities. Different. All of us different. Ain't nobody the same. A lot of times they're similar. We're similar, but we're not the same. And no matter how like-minded we are, we're still not going to be the same. We're going to be different. And that's on purpose, by design, on purpose from God. Wouldn't it be a terrible situation if he'd have made us all the same? <laughs> How would that have ever worked? Well, we'd be fighting over the same food and over the same car. and I mean, everybody would be just alike. We couldn't stand each other. You think it's bad now? Well, well if it's like that. <clears throat> but we have individual personalities, have different abilities, different skills, talents. And different spiritual gifts. Everybody does. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? If everybody was a nose, <laughs> wouldn't that be a mess? If everybody was an ear, if everybody was an eye. Oh, if everybody was just a mouth, wouldn't that be a terrible mess? <laughs> what would we ever do if there was nothing but mouths? Just running all the time. <laughs> and you didn't have a hand to slap them with. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't work. It can't be that way. God fixed a body, an organism. It's made up of all kinds of different parts and members to make the whole. And that's the way the church is. That's the way the body of Christ is. That's the way every local church is. God's put members in there severally as He will. <coughs> God adds to the church. I wish people would believe that. I wish people would honor that and practice that. Take that into account in all of our dealings with each other. God puts a church together. If it's His church, He does. Now, men do it sometimes. They just, they, what do you call it? Uh, <clears throat> they not confiscate. What do you do when you... Yeah, well, no, you, it's like drafting people, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's another word for it, though. But anyway, just, men can hire people to do these things that need to be done. Men can fake the spiritual gifts by... Hiring them done by just faking them themselves, by just pretending. <laughs> but you don't have a church when it's that way. Any more than you have a human being when you've got a robot that can act like one and appear to be one <laughs> and talk like one, but he has no soul, no life in him. All that's necessary for the body of Christ to exist and live. It has to have different members. <clears throat> All right, now the way we treat one another and care for one another 
and appreciate one another is also similar to the way we do with the members of our body. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. I don't need you. I'm just going to get rid of you because I don't need you. I can't do that. I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. <clears throat> wow. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. All right, there's a lot there right there. But the parts of your body that get the most attention, are they the most important members of your body to keep you alive and keep you functioning? What's, what's one part of your body you pay the most attention to? face, your hair. Your hair ain't nothing but dead cells. Serves no purpose whatsoever. Say, but it keeps your head warm. Well, Seth's making it okay. <clears throat> he wears a hat. It's not. Well, mine's pretty thin back there. Everybody behind me can see what I don't see and I don't. <laughs> but I can feel it when it rains. Boy, I'm telling you, I can feel every drop. It just runs all down. It don't stop. <clears throat> Matt, you're pretty thin there too. I bet you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And also, when you raise up and bump your head on something and with no hair to cushion it, it hurts a lot worse. But we curl it and color it and spray it and play with it and do all kinds of things to it. Cut it and let it grow out. and You know, it, the main attention is to that. And your heart, it's hidden away in your chest and you never see it. It's a member that you never see. But let it miss one beat and you'll know oh, yes, sir. that something real important is, is malfunctioning. We worry about our hair. We worry about our, our skin color. Are we white? Too white? It's funny to me, you know, the Mexican women, brown, they always want to be white. And the white women always want to be brown like the Mexican women. Nobody's satisfied. And all their attention is on the outward things. That's the way it is in the church. The important, vital members are the ones that nobody really sees. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how important they are. And the greatest attention is always given to the least important. Members. That's what that verse is telling us right there. <clears throat> feeble members, which seem to me more feeble, are necessary. <clears throat> Let me just say what I got wrote down here. We don't want to lose a single member of our body, but we cherish and care for each one. <clears throat> Especially those we esteem to be most important, like our hands and our feet and our eyes. Do you, you ever think about losing a hand or an arm? It'd be easier to lose a leg than a hand. And, you know, it would just really cripple you. Did you ever try putting on your clothes with one hand, one arm? Did you ever try to hold on to something with just one hand? I mean, something bigger than what you can grasp in your hand? <laughs> it's a big deal. We esteem those most important. Some of our members who are most essential to our survival and well-being are not what, not out where they can be seen, so they're overlooked and forgotten much of the time. Your heart, <coughs> your lungs. You ever seen your lungs? Nope. Ever seen your heart? Nope. <coughs> what about your liver? Your pancreas? Gallbladder? Does it get your attention sometimes? I'm here. <laughs> But how much do you care about your gallbladder? How much it hurts. <laughs> what about your intestines? What about your joints? People take all that for granted. Your joints. 
And people will tell you when you're young, don't be mistreating your body and banging and mess and hurting your joints and stuff. <sighs> I know some of you did. You know, popping your knuckles. <laughs> oh, mercy. I never could stand that. Can't do it. it. This hurts me when something pops. It ain't supposed to do that. That means something about to break. But not only that, this jumping and rough, this being rough, you know, sports and all of the nonsense that they do, you know, just think about the people we've known that got hurt real bad playing ball. I mean, suffer the rest of their life. Because they didn't think about that member. It's not seen, and it ain't making no noise, and it doesn't do anything consciously. You just know when something's wrong with it, or if it's broke or quitting on you. Then you get to thinking about it. But some of our members serve no purpose other than adornment. And these members get the most attention of all. Like we've already talked about our hair, fingernails, eyebrows, <clears throat> you know. What is it with people? Pull out their eyebrows and paint them on. You know, some of them do peaks and some of them do Bozo the Clown half moons. And, uh, why don't you just leave them there? Well, if they grow together and it looks like a woolly worm, why well, pull some of them out? I don't care. I'm not, I'm just saying. That's where all of our attention is. <clears throat> and you won't take care of your heart or your lungs or your liver. Or your gallbladder, you know. Some people just don't care. That's why there's so much sickness. That's why there's so much weakness. Physical weakness. That's one of the reasons we have so much sickness. It's like we've been talking about here. Everybody's just so unhealthy. Mercy. I grew up, had two brothers. We never one time went to the doctor ever in our life except to get sewed up or David burn his hand. I was chasing him. He run in, burn his hand in a pan of coals. And so I'd take him to the doctor and get a bandage put on that. But <clears throat> otherwise, we didn't never go to the doctor. Never. Had the mumps, had the measles, had the chicken pox. Ain't no telling what else we had. Stepped on nails. Uh, you know, just, and I don't remember being sick except for those things I just mentioned there. And if we got a cold or a cough or the flu, we just laid in the bed until we got better. <laughs> and now, most of the time, everybody else gets sick, and I don't get sick very much now. I'm not being presumptuous here. But I'm getting older, and yeah, I have more troubles, but I just haven't been sick much in my life. Never took any medicine. Go to the doctor, and they say, well, oh, what medications are you on? They got their paper ready, <laughs> or their computer. Yeah, nothing. They'll say, what? You mean you're not taking any medications? You're 60-some years old? Nope. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Surely there's something wrong with you. We ate different. We lived different. We didn't do a lot of the things that everybody's doing now that is harmful to the members of your body. And we're not doing a lot of things that we did back then that is helpful to the members of your body. Yeah. Oh well, I won't hang up there. But all the members make a body that functions and lives and is able to do things and communicate things and move things. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now that's why God set it up with many members and each one with that spiritual gift that God works through them. And that's what makes the body healthy and strong and and keeps it alive. You hear me? That's, that's the important thing about this whole thing we've been talking about. The spiritual gifts. Now each member performs a task that benefits and sustains the life 
of the other members, and therefore the body is a whole. Let's read verse 27 through 31. <clears throat> now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. That means individually. You're, we're individual members, particular. We each one are different, and we're each one here for a, to serve a different purpose. Y'all listening to this? It's very important. <laughs> and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So he's making a point there. Everybody doesn't have the same gift. And everybody is a, everybody's a member. Everybody's a different part and serves a different purpose. The other members of the body can't survive longer than minutes or seconds if the heart fails to do what God designed it to do. Pretty important member, the heart. It just beats and beats and beats. From what, uh, 18 days after conception or something like that, till the day you die. <clears throat> Saw the oldest person on earth died the other day, 119 years old. How many times her heart beat? And, and never, never default. Just How much attention does the heart get? None. None. We take it completely for granted until it hurts. Then we say, is that my heart? Well, if it's not my heart, give me another pork chop. Yeah, that's how it is. As long as I, you know, you know, my lungs, I can't hardly breathe, but they said it wasn't cancer, so give me another pack of cigarettes. Yeah. The other members can't survive if one... Y'all are listening. I mean, are you listening to the whole thing I'm saying here? We're talking about the body of Christ and the members. He likened it to our body. That's what we're doing here. The same is true of the lungs and the brain. The other members can't survive without it. That's why you drown. You fall in the water and you can't get to the air. You drown. Your lungs fill up with water and your whole body dies. Because you've got to have your lungs. A minor malfunction in the circulatory system means fast and certain death to the rest of the body. You've you got veins in your brain that are as thin as tissue paper or thinner. And ever your heart's a beating and a stretching them over and over. And all it takes is just one little rip and you're, you're a goner. You're either a vegetable, paralyzed, or you're dead that fast. Brother Owen had a sister. She he told me about her. She was a real musician and she you know, she was young. But he said one night, he said about four o'clock in the morning, said she her husband said she just sat up in the bed like that and then just fell back. Dead. And that's what happened. She had a brain aneurysm. It's so delicate. I mean I, people have fell out of airplanes and lived over it. You know, they've got run over by trains and just, I mean, squished all to pieces and survive. And one little thing like that can just take you out so easily. I mean, we depend upon our members. And everyone, every little part of everything is very important. The digestive system is probably the most abused and misused member of our body. But at a certain point, when it fails completely, the body doesn't have long to live. Don't you think it's the most abused part of our body? We just won't stop putting it in and we just put it in there. If it hurts, if it burns, if it makes us sick or what, it's just going in. And, and we know it's going to make us sick. <laughs> Pizza and ice cream, yeah. see? 
<laughs> that night? You might as well just shoot me. Because it is going to be a bad night. Oh, I love pizza and I love ice cream, but it's like the guacamole and the piece of cake. Not at the same time. Big mistake. I feel sorry for y'all who don't know about that. <laughs> it is the same with the church, which is the body of Christ. Oh my! I don't know. I know that you. I know that you're probably not getting this like I am. But those, what I just mentioned, there are same. They have their parallel in the church. You know what do we? What's our diet together? As a whole, what are we ingesting? Does it make us sick? Does it make us healthy? Does it help our other members? Or does it hurt our other members? Does it cause distress, conflict? The things we're ingesting as members of the body of Christ in this world that we live in. You know, a lot of times the church dies when one of its important members dies or is removed by sickness or old age. And the church may not even know how vital that member was to the body and may have ignored or abused that member or mistreated them through their ignorance. And the church dies and people don't need, they can't even trace it to what happened. But one of their members, one of their vital members died, ceased, stopped, and the whole body dies. Say, and see people twist that all around. They say, well, you can't build a church on a person, on a man, on a personality, and all that. Yeah, but it's not usually the preacher. It's somebody else. Y'all ever had that experience? I mean, my family knows all about this, but when we was going up here years ago, there's no man come to church. His name's John Topolonic. He's single. He was in his sixties then, I think. Never been married. He, he was raised a Catholic. He'd been in the military. I can tell you all kinds of things about him. But he was an odd guy. <clears throat> he smelled like creosote because he lived by himself. Had a wood stove. He wouldn't use deodorant, but he never smelled of like he didn't. That was never an issue. But he was odd. You know, he was always, want, he wanted to talk. And he was educated. He wasn't a hillbilly, you know, hick. He was an educated man. And when he <laughs> talked, he could talk, you know, knowledge. But he was odd and nobody, everybody just kind of shunned him because when he was lonesome. And when you got, if you stopped to talk to him, you didn't get loose. I mean, he had a hold of you. And so everybody just kind of... Shoved him aside and ignored him. That's old John. Yeah, it's old John. Well, he would go to the jail after we left. He went to the jail at Greenville every week with my father-in-law. One day he didn't show up, so Roy went to his house and found him dead in the bed. Well, after that, you know, it got. Uh, you go in his house. He had a piano, he had a table, and he had a bed and a couple of chairs. That's all he had. And he drove a little Volkswagen with the hind end cut off of it. You know how they used to do that? Volkswagen bug. Well, come to find out, he was he was paying some of the kids' school. He'd done all kinds of things that nobody knew about. He was always behind the scenes trying to help somebody. You remember old, one of the boys in church said God called him to preach and his teeth were all crooked. And he went in to the preacher and he said, you know, Chris is going to preach. He needs to have something done about that. He said, I'll pay for it if you can get him to go do something about that. Nobody knew he had any money. Everybody, he didn't live like he had any money. But all he had, he was giving away. We took him out and buried him. Just a handful of people there. And the church lost the ground because of that member that they no longer had. Just that way, I'm telling you. Spiritual gifts are those things that each member does. 
that keeps the body alive and moving and functioning as a body. Spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts that we've been reading about here. The rest of we members need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. He said some in the church, first apostles. He talked about pastors and teachers earlier in the chapter. We need to hear the teaching, sound teaching of the Word of God and the principles found there for living godly and holy lives in a sinful world. We need that. It's not church if we don't have that. If we don't have preaching, and if we don't have teaching, we don't have church. We don't have church by going and having a band play for us and shout her out and scream and holler and close her eyes and raise her hands. And that is not wor- That's worship, but it's not worship of God. Amen. It's not. And that's not what church is. Where there's no preaching, there ain't no church. The church will die without it. It's, he said, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. That's what he meant. And the first apostles, they, you remember when they had the trouble over the widows that were neglected in the daily ministration and they appointed the seven men to take care of them and ta- you know, they, so they could give themselves to the Word of God and to prayer. Because that's more important than this, these serving tables. It's not meant that we should leave the Word of God to serve tables. We need to hear teaching. We need to hear preaching. It's necessary for the rest of the members to be healthy and to be able to do their part. Exercise their spiritual gift. We need a, you know, we need to witness a miracle once in a while. He mentions here uh, uh, miracles. What do you all think about that? You believe in miracles? Yes, sir. <laughs> How can you not? The fact you're sitting there breathing is a miracle in itself. And the fact that we're here together is a miracle. The fact that I'm saved is a miracle. But we need to witness a miracle once in a while. These children need to see a real bona fide miracle once in a while. And I'm not talking about a showy, flamboyant kind, but the kind that just leaves us in awe at the mercy and goodness and reality of God's hand among us. You ever seen a miracle? Oh, yes, I have. And it wasn't at no Pentecostal meeting. I've seen God do things that there's... God did it. There's no other way. Men didn't do it. They didn't buy the stuff. They didn't plant it. They didn't do it with their hand. God did it. Miraculously. We, we need to see that once in a while. Let me, let me ask you something. Wouldn't it be right to assume that if someone experiences a real miracle, that the spiritual gift they are manifesting is the gift of miracles? Instead of thinking that it's some man that God has given this awesome power to just do miracles like a witch. Y'all with me? If you're going to see a miracle, there's going to be somebody involved. Somebody is the benefactor of this miracle that God does. We need to see that. Once in a while, we need to see a miracle. It needs to be more than just same old, same old, it's come church, sing them songs, do their thing, and talk a while and go home. No, we need to see God's hand, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, <coughs> miraculously sometimes. We all need to see someone healed once in a while, too. The kind that doctors have given up on, and there's no argument that it was the hand of God that did it. Wouldn't it be correct, again, to say that a person who's healed of a disease or a wound miraculously has received the gift of healing? (coughs) Y'all understanding me? The gift of healing is not a gift that God has given some man or woman so they can... and you're healed. But that's what everybody thinks when they read this because that's what's been broadcast and put out there by the people who've got the mic so much that that's what everybody first thought is gift of healing is 
No, if I've got cancer and I go to the doctor, like what, you know, <coughs> Debbie's brother was telling me down there. <clears throat> you know, he had, they said he had pancreatic cancer. He, they did all the tests. They said that's what he's got. Sent him off to another hospital to get operated on. They prepped him for operation and everything. <clears throat> the doctor come in and said, something's changed here. He said, we did this, another scan and there's no cancer. Well, you know, you ever talk to a doctor that's experienced that? You you talk to doctors and they'll tell you. I remember mom with her cancer and the doctor told us, he said, where she's at right now, he said, usually it's just right over the cliff and in a little while. He said, sometimes there's a, what we call a, a, a you know, re, remission. And he said, it'll just kind of go away for a while or seem to. And he said, then, he said, there's other times when he said, it just goes away. And we don't have any answer or explanation. He told us that. We need to see that once in a while. We don't need to have this attitude of, well, everybody gets cancer, just die. Man, well, I got cancer. Let's go looking for the, the grave and everything. Let's plan the funeral. It shouldn't be that way. You want to have hope, don't you think? Yes, that's right. Hope, yeah. If we never see it happen, then we don't have any hope. That's right. These are the spiritual gifts. We all need a little help. He talked about helps there. Helps is one of the spiritual gifts that is part of the church. God put it in there. It's part of the one of the members. One of the members of the church is helps. Yeah. <laughs> you ever need any help? You ever need any help from time to time? Yes, sir. <laughs> Some people are just good helpers. They're just good to help. You need a hand? Here I am. Other people, avoid it like the plague. That's right. <laughs> Remember how I told you the preacher would come to me and he said, Now, Mike, you love Jesus? And I knew what was coming. <laughs> he needed some help. We need some help once in a while. If, it's, if help's not there when we need it, what happens to the body? It's tired. It suffers or it just withers up and dies. Serious. We need the comfort of knowing someone is at the wheel and we're not creaming out of control. Government. One of the spiritual gifts it mentions here is government. How about that? You want to take off across the Pacific Ocean in a ship that ain't got no captain? And there ain't nobody at the wheel. Just whoever wants to be there. They go by once in a while and spin it a little. You want to take a trip across the ocean like that? You want to be a part of a church that's like that? You want to be a part of a body that, that you know, is like a staggering, drunken, dizzy, disoriented, blind person governments we need that it's absolutely necessary people have said to me before you know well what's well, a church where I got two or three gathered together he said I'll be in the midst that's not a church that ain't the definition of a church man study your Bible a church has officers it has organization it meets in a it meets together it's not just a hodgepodge random roll of the dice every time you every Lord's Day. We need that. We all need to hear things put in words that we can understand what has previously been unclear to us or unknown to us until now. I'm talking about diversity of tongues. Diversities of tongues. 
You know, it's pretty handy. I mean, I've been places, I've been in Mexico where they spoke Spanish, not Mexican, Spanish. <laughs> and if you're there and you don't speak their language, uh, boy, it's a great help if there's somebody there can tell you what they're saying. <laughs> One of the preachers that supported us, you know, he said that somebody told him one time if they took all the preachers or missionaries out of Mexico, it'd rise three inches out of the ocean. <clears throat> I said, well, I'd just like to take that preacher and drop him right in the middle of one of the cities down there and let him find one of them. Yes. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I was told we were in a city of oh, almost six million people. Five, between five and six at that time. <clears throat> and I was told that so-and-so was the missionary there and that I needed to go somewhere else. Yeah. I was. That's a fact. Yes, true. I said, are you serious? There's five million people there. <laughs> well, I don't make no difference. You're just rationalizing now, Brother Miller, he said. <laughs> Did you know <clears throat> that... Uh, we all, as members of the body of Christ, need every other member that God has placed in the body. We need whatever it is that God has equipped them with to help and sustain and maintain the body of Christ. I'm telling you, you never know. You meet people like y'all have come in here in the last year, and Brother Bruce and them, but you, you never know. I've seen people come into church and just, you know, I've looked at them and said, you know, in the past I'm talking about. And then later, just, you know, really beat myself up because I didn't realize the importance of what God had done. I didn't realize how important they would be in the church, in my life. I mean, we just don't, take for granted. We just can't take for granted everybody. So I don't like them. Well, get over it. Amen. You probably don't like your stinking feet either, but you ain't ready to cut them off and throw them away. You need them. And some of the people who've my first impression was so negative turned out to be one of some of the greatest blessings of my life. I'm not kidding you. It's true. It's that way. I mean, you've got to realize that that is the reality of, of this whole thing. That's how it is. We need whatever it is that God has equipped them with to help. You never know what somebody's made of until the, until the testing time comes. And that's the truth, boy. Men, especially men, you know, some men are not as manly as other men. And they kind of get, you know, manly men just kind of... <clears throat> but let me tell you something. When the going gets tough, some of them men that ain't so manly step up. And some of them men that like to blow, that are blowhards about how manly they are, run and hide. And that's a fact. We need them. We need each other. We need everybody. We're on a ship and we're sailing and it's every man at his post. We can't do without anybody. Everybody's important. Do you know many deadly diseases are actually the members of the body turning against one another? You know that cancer. That's what cancer is. It's your own cells turning on and destroying your healthy cells. It's like they go mad. It's like they become, you know, berserk and they call it malignant. That is, well, M-A-L is bad. Malito. Maligno. That's malignant. It's bad. And, and the other one is benign, you know. Benign, benign. benign yeah. Like uh, benefactor, uh yeah, benevolent, kind, giving, sustaining, and the other is, that's what cancer is. What about all this autoimmune disease? Same thing. It just causes your body, your members, 
to turn on one another and start you, your body just destroys itself yeah. fighting among itself instead of supporting and helping and taking and giving from one another and everybody taking what everybody else has got then they're doing their job your liver does a job it's over here it's not here your pancreas over here does its job and whenever any of those things fail but it puts the whole body in distress or the grave. That's right. That's true. And it works that way with the church. And that's why God set it up this way that there be no schism in the church. No members turning on one another. Nobody trying to destroy anybody else. But everybody handing from one to another. Doing what God, sharing what God has done for them, with them. What they're able to give, they give. While taking from the rest of them. <coughs> a lot of other fatal diseases are the result of one or more members just failing and becoming unable to do what they were put there for. Danny Hall had liver. He, he was a drug head when he was young. Got saved. And, but he'd done so many drugs. You know, we knew a guy in Virginia, same way. Had hepatitis C all of his life because of the drugs that he did and everything. But Brother Danny, he got a liver transplant. He lived for quite a long time after that. But that's all wrong with him. Everything else working okay except that liver. His liver died. His liver quit working. And they got him somebody else's liver who died for him to get that liver. And he lived quite a while long. But one member is all it takes to destroy everything. <laughs> that's a reality that's been played out so many times. So let each member of the church know that the whole body depends upon them and their faithfulness. Wonder what you are. Are you the liver? Are you the heart? Are you the brain? Are you some important part like that? Nah, ain't none but the hair. That's all I am. Well, serves a purpose. Who wants to be bald? I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to get you to see here. There are people in the church who everybody looks at and says, well, I don't see no purpose at all in being here. They don't do nothing. They don't contribute nothing. They, what are they doing here? We don't need them. No! You may have it wrong. They may be the heart. That's right. And the one that, you're, that you think so much of may be the hair. Mm -hmm. Or the toenail. <laughs> what good's a toenail? It's just something you got to take care of and it's just a nuisance, really. Well, it'd be all right if we just had toes without toenails on them. Right. But see, that's what I'm, that's my point. People go to a church and they just, they just eyeball everything out and they say, well, there's one, that's that, and the rest of these, they don't, you know, they just sort everybody out into their categories. And a lot of people, most people just don't matter, ain't important, who cares if they leave, don't let the back door hit you on you, don't let the door hit you in the back on your way out. Did you ever hear a preacher say that? I am. Lots of times. Yes, sir. I didn't need their kind here. I told them when they was not to let the door hit them when they was in the back as they was leaving. That's what I'm talking about here tonight. What an ungodly attitude. How in the world can the Spirit of Christ have anything to do with that? It doesn't. So let each member of the church know that the whole body depends on them and their faithfulness, depends on their faithfulness, and they're yielding to their part and place in the working of the body and even its survival. <laughs> Y'all understand what we talked about tonight. Spiritual gifts. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. It's what the Spirit of God does. It's the work He does through each one of us. And it's as the members of our body. So important. 
And we can't all be preachers, and we can't all be missionaries, and we can't all be deacons, and we can't all be singers, and we can't all be musicians, and we can't all be Sunday school teachers, and we can't all... <laughs> but we're all something that God has deemed important, vital to the church. Don't think you're not important. <laughs> Don't ever think that. If you're a child, Luke is sitting back there. He's just a little old bitty guy. What can he do right now? Not much. But I don't want him going nowhere. No. He's growing. All these children are growing. I was saying about the other day, Ruth had her birthday, he's 11. You realize in five years she'll be 16? Go on and think about that a little bit. <laughs> and you laying on your pillow tonight thinking, no. <laughs> five years is no time at all. But we shouldn't look at the future with dread and with fear. As long as we're in church and we're serving God and exercising, doing that just means doing what he, whatever you can do, wherever you're at, with whatever you have. Spiritual gifts desire the best ones, but do what you do, whatever God has given you. Be you. And you'll be a blessing and an encouragement and a help. Everybody has their place. I'm going to quit. In Virginia, <coughs> old black man, they go get him at the home up the road there. He didn't. Ha he was on, running on about 30%. I mean, Joe, he didn't have all of his mind. They never had. But he was a fixture and still is at that church. They go get him. Joe greets everybody every Sunday. He said, for everybody, without exception, he has a compliment. I like your tie there, buddy. You sure got a pretty wife. I like that dress you're wearing. That is a pretty dress. You know, and yeah, just take up the offering. Remember how Joe would do? He'd get on one side in Sunday school, and the other guy on the other side of the, the altar, of the deacon's table there, you know, whatever. <laughs> and... <laughs> They'd pray. And Joe's over here. The other guy's over there. And Joe's supposed to get this side. As soon as they got done praying, Joe would say, I'll get this side. You know? <laughs> They'd have to swap. <laughs> but it'd be a different place when Joe's not there. What does he contribute? It's hard to put your finger on it. But God put him in there. There's always been people like that in every church I've ever been in. Everybody just counts them as, you know, well, they're just like a kid and I, you know, what do I know? I'd say he's probably one of the most important members. Sure. Yes, sir. That's what I believe. He'd be a singing with his songbook. He'd be holding it upside down. He couldn't read. Now, I mean, he'd just be a singing. If he didn't know the words, he'd just say, way, 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 you know, as he... <laughs> Always happy. That's something. It's not what we, the things we do, the things we can buy, the things we can give, the things we can, it's just us, the way God made us and put us together. <clears throat> I appreciate one another. What will we do without one another? How, which one could we afford to lose the most? You know, the easiest. <laughs> That's like saying, which one of your kids would you want to give away? If you had to get rid of one of them, which one would it be? <laughs> Isn't that a, one of the most dumbest things you ever heard of what in the world? You can't do that. It's the way church is. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the message. Thank you for speaking to my heart about it. Pray you'd help us to understand these things. Live them, Lord, from now on. Not just a day or two or a week or two and then forget all this. I pray, Lord, this make an impression on our hearts and minds that will stay. As we think about church and the body of Christ and the local assembly and the, our church family, help us to realize we're a body and we're each members and we each have a purpose and a function that serves all the others and that each one of us is 
so important. And we may be the vital one. We can't can't just quit. We can't just abuse ourselves or others and and put poison in the system. Lord help us. Help us remember these things. Go with us now and watch over everyone, work in our hearts and help these folks that are sick and hurt and help Steve as he's suffering with this thing. Lord help him. And Sarah still having a hard time. Be with these folks, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.